0: you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word this morning, Matthew, chapter 7, verses 13 through 29. Matthew, chapter 7, verses 13 through the end of the chapter, the scriptures say, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or of figs of, or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit every tree that bringeth forth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them not every one that saith unto me lord lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, And great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Th- Thank you. Amen. Amen. Take our
1: Bibles this morning. Our children will go to their children's church time. Take our Bibles, please. We'll go to that passage that was read earlier, Matthew chapter 7. We started a series last week on the parables. And so this is one of the earliest parables that Jesus gave. It's well known, of course, to us. The parable of the two builders. Foolish man. The wise man. The children know this one well. Today I want to speak on this parable of the two builders. We said last week that a parable is literally when you cast something alongside something else. So we said that a parable is when you you, you, you have an earthly story, a literal, real earthly story, and then you cast alongside that earthly story a spiritual application, a spiritual story. So it's the casting alongside. A parable is putting forth one thing beside another. So I defined a parable as an earthly truth cast alongside a heavenly truth to teach a universal, to teach a universal truth. Parables teach truth. And we also, last week, showed the difference between a metaphor, an allegory, and a fable versus a parable. Whereas a metaphor is saying something like, the Lord is the light of my salvation. But it, a parable is more of a story putting forth a truth and comparing it with a spiritual truth. An allegory is a story with a hidden meaning, like Jonah in the whale's belly. A a fable is not a true story. It has talking animals and rabbits and skunks and squirrels or whatever. So, a parable. So, this morning we want to look upon this subject of the rock. The rock upon which to build. It's a stunning story. Don't let the familiarity of this story stop you from having your ears open and letting God speak to your heart today. So let's pray as we begin. So now, Lord, we pray that You'll take this moment of time and help us all to examine ourselves and to make sure that we are truly building our lives on the rock You, Lord Jesus Christ, And Your Word that You have given to us. So speak to us very clearly and definitely. And thank You for the Word of God today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we've all seen this amazing picture of this incredible document. The Declaration of Independence. Signed by 56 men of this fledgling nation on the date well known to us, July 4th, which we'll be celebrating throughout this weekend and then on Tuesday. But do you think when they signed the declaration that that was just the end of it? They said, "Okay, we signed it. We're a nation. Let's all go back to our homes and and we're a free nation now. Was that the end of it? No. The British took that document as a declaration of war. And they sent the most powerful military in the world and the most powerful navy in the world at that time to basically crush these insurgents who signed this document. It seemed like a mission impossible for those colonies. But through incredible courage and sacrifice, of course, and faith, they they acted out, they lived out that document. And about seven years after the signing of it, America actually became and uh, uh, official nation, a free nation. What a great statement in the Declaration, well known to us, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. What a great statement that our founders believed in a Creator God. And that we are all endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights. Those are rights not given by man, These are the rights given to us by God. And these rights are the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, the pursuit of happiness. And so these men signed that document and pledged their lives. And how the declaration ends is a call to duty. So it's really a declaration of war, but it's also a call to duty. Because as it ended, they say we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, our sacred honor. You see, these 56 signers of this document were wealthy and prosperous landowners. And I would encourage you, as your little assignment for this holiday, you should listen to the great Paul Harvey's clip on YouTube where he talks about these 56 men who signed the document And he quotes John Hancock. We know John Hancock because he has a big signature in the Declaration. But John Hancock said, Burn Boston, though it make John Hancock a beggar, if the public good requires it. Of those 56 men that signed that document, five were captured and tortured by the British before they died. Twelve had their homes sacked, looted, and occupied by British forces. Two of these men lost their sons in the army. Nine of the 56 died during the war from its hardships. I live out in Queens where not far from Francis Lewis Boulevard. Maybe you've heard of Francis Lewis Boulevard, but I guarantee you most people in Queens do not know what Francis, who he was. He was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Francis Lewis had his home burned down to the ground. His wife was arrested, not cared for properly in prison, and died shortly after being released in 1779. Francis Lewis gave his home and his wife for our freedom. By the way, he's interred at the Trinity Church right down where we do our radio program. Paul Harvey said at the end of his little clip, he said, These men learned that liberty was more important than security. Because most of them had nothing really to gain and a lot to lose. That liberty was more important than security. And they fulfilled their pledge and freedom was born. The Declaration of Independence. But this is a parable! (laughs) That's why I told you about it today. I'm casting something real, something earthly, but let me put beside it something spiritual. The Word of God. The Bible. The words of Jesus Christ are like a declaration of war. A war against Satan. A, A war to fight against this system of this world we're in not to be conformed to it. And we're here to... Submit to God and resist the devil. And to we are in a spiritual warfare and take on the whole armor of God. And the Bible is a call. It's a call to duty. It's a call to action. We said last week that the parables are really a call to action for us. And so this parable is that we're going to look look into. But think about the scripture, the declaration of independence. Was a, a, a political document, if you will, to give us freedom, political freedom. But the Bible is a spiritual document to give us spiritual freedom, eternal life, not just the pursuit of happiness here, but joy forevermore in Jesus Christ. The word of God. Thank God for the word of, of God. Thank you. Thank God for Jesus who gave us his words. And Jesus is the one who makes us free. He says, the truth shall make you free. And if you know the truth, you shall be free indeed. And later on, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper, which is an ordinance. This Lord's Supper declares our freedom. And so really, here's the the spiritual truth cast alongside. Yes, we're celebrating our, our freedoms as a nation, as imperfect as we are. But thank God in Jesus Christ, we have a perfect King. And there's a perfect kingdom that He's going to establish one day. And we have a beautiful ordinance that reminds us of His kingdom coming. And this ordinance declares our freedom. And it also, in a sense, when we take the Lord's Supper, we are making a fresh declaration of warfare that I am a soldier of Jesus Christ. And I am here to stand up for Christ in this world. That is very much at enmity against God, and this Lord's Supper is also a call to duty and an action. It's not something that we just eat and say, "Okay, I done the Lord's Supper." You know, it, actually, I don't like that wafer very much inside the cup. It's kind of, but, it, it, but it's to cause us to remember the great work of Jesus Christ, beloved. So we're here today to look at the parables. In this parable, the so fascinating, this parable concludes one of the most famous sermons of all time. Think of that. The Sermon on the Mount began in chapter 5, and it runs through 6, and it comes through chapter 7. And now, Jesus concludes the grand finale of the greatest sermon, perhaps, of all time with the parable of the foolish and wise builders. Jesus has been using a multitude of metaphors throughout this pa- this sermon, hasn't He? Hasn't He talked about salt and light? He's talked about moth and rust. He's talked about birds and lilies. He's talked about peas and beans. He's talked about dogs and swine. He's talked about bread and stone and serpents and scorpions and wolves and sheeps and thorns and figs and good fruit and bad fruit. Whoa! I mean, Jesus just used the world around Him to teach. And He comes to the end of this parable, or the end of this sermon, and He tells us some amazing things that we need to really take to heart. He, he told us that the popular road that almost everyone is on, it's not the right road. It's not the right road. That popular road, that broad way, leads where? It leads where? To destruction. And if you want to go to heaven, if you want to follow the, the right road, it's what kind of a road? It's narrow. And you can't make it wider than it Jesus said. <laughs> it's a narrow road. So don't try to make it wider. It's a narrow road. But that road will lead to life. By the way, here's a, it's an old painting, I think done uh, a hundred or so years ago called The Broad and Narrow Way. And it's, you can't see it from where you are, but there's Bible verses all throughout it. It's really something to, to actually study and look at this painting or sketch by Charlotte Rayline. So Jesus talked about this popular road. It seems so right because everyone was on it. It's Broadway! <laughs> and then He talked about false prophets. And the false prophets look like what? True prophets. The false prophets dress up like sheep. And unless you're wise, you'll be tricked. So there's a lot of deception in this world. And then Jesus, I was passing out tracts recently in Grand Central. And somebody said, you know what one of the scary, you know, no, you didn't even say that. He said, Do you know the scariest verse in the Bible? I'm like No. <laughs> <laughs> what what do you think it is? <laughs> and he said, Matthew chapter seven, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, even though they boast that they prophesied in his name, and in his name cast out demons, and in his name did wonderful works, but Jesus said, I never knew you. That is a scary thought. That these who boast of their wonderful works and and, and had such impressive performances and loud professions were never saved. So Jesus is tying all this in now. He's tying everything He said into this closing story, this closing parable. And as He comes and He makes a conclusion, the big truth here is that the rock upon which we must build. will only be built. And, go to, and you can keep your finger in Matthew 7, but also go to Luke chapter 6. And we're going to go back and forth because here's the parallel passage. But I want to go to Luke chapter 6 because Luke puts it in a, in a, a little nuanced, different way from Matthew and in a very powerful way. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. And that leads us into the parable. And verse 46 are those people who thought they were saved, but weren't saved. So Jesus is giving this parable to keep you from the wrong road that leads to destruction. It's the, Jesus gives this parable to keep you from being fooled and tricked by the multitude of false teachings that are flying around our culture. Jesus gives this parable so that you won't be trusting your own performance and works to save you. Here's how you build the right foundation. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 47. He says, whosoever cometh to me. That's the first thing. You have to come to him. But is that enough? No. And then he says, and heareth my sayings. So you have to come to him and hear. But is that enough? No. Then he says, and do with them, I will show you to whom he is like. And the one who comes and hears and does is like the wise man. But now watch. Look what he then says. Verse 49 But he that hears. And doeth not. So, in other words, this fool will come, will hear, but he doesn't what? And that's the difference. The doing or the not doing is the difference. So the rock upon which to build is decided by coming to Jesus, hearing Him and doing Him, doing what He said, doing His Word. Coming to Him and hearing Him are not enough you you show your faith by what you do you show your faith by what you do this is the rock upon which to build your life and there are the verses once again so let's look this morning at three absolutely critical components in your life that you're building in your life, whether you try to or not. All of us are doing it. You're doing it. You're building a life. So let's look at it today and let God be glorified. Let me pray as I, 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 I've already started, but I just feel led to pray again right now. Now, Lord, please take this time. Be glorified, we pray. God, I pray that we would all build into our lives The true character that is focused on You, Lord Jesus Christ. And the power of Your words. And help no one to think that the strength to do is our own willpower or our own physical or moral fortitude or strength. But Lord, it's only by Your Spirit. So Lord God, I pray that each of us will know we've been called out of darkness into Your light to build our lives on the Word of God and that we would have that wisdom from You, Lord. We gather together in Your name by the mighty power of Your Holy Spirit and we pray that Your Holy Spirit would now take Your words and apply Jesus to all of our lives. Oh, Spirit of God, work, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, there's three things we need to get from this. is that you are building some kind of character into your life. And it's either or. Jesus is not very nuanced here. In the story, you are either building what kind of character or what kind of character? Either wise or foolish. Isn't that amazing? You know, you, you go to seminars and you, you, you learn about all the different personalities that people have. Or you go to leadership seminars and there's all different kinds of leadership qualities and leadership skills. And, and there's so many different things we, that can be nuanced about people's personality differences, people's spiritual giftedness. There's many different spiritual gifts. And, or there's different leadership abilities that people have. That's all true. But the kind of character that you are developing in your life, is either or. It's either wise or it's foolish. That's what Jesus said, not me. Build your life on coming to Jesus, hearing Jesus, and doing what He said. Jesus simplifies everything down to it, doesn't He? So we need to have wisdom. Now, Matthew talks about the wise man and the foolish man. If you go there, Luke doesn't mention the wise or the foolish man in that Luke 6 passage, but Matthew does mention the wise man. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And then verse 26, Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built a, his house upon the sand. So just because you're here today doesn't mean you're necessarily wise. And same with me. I could hear. Okay, Lord, that's what you said? Okay, I hear it. But if I don't put it into practice in my life, I'm a fool, is what Jesus is saying. If I do put it into practice, I'm wise. Now, we've talked a lot about wisdom. Last year we did a series in Proverbs and we said that wisdom is living life skillfully. Living life skillfully how? In the fear of the Lord. And with faith in the Lord. And so when Jesus talks about a wise man and a foolish man, He's not being a moralist. In other words, Jesus is not just saying, just try harder to do good. No, we don't get to heaven by trying harder to do good. We don't build wise character in our life by trying harder and doing good through our own moral strength. Jesus is not endorsing a moral a behavior modification here. Just work harder. Just try a little bit more. This isn't the power of the flesh. We cannot live a wise life in the power of the flesh. A wise life is lived when we fear God and have faith in the Lord. And if I truly respect and honor who God is, and I believe who He is, and I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the words that He speaks are truth, then I will desire to live those words out in faith. So will you be a wise man? He says, He that hears these sayings and does them. In other words, What has he talked about? What are some of the sayings just from this sermon? he's, He's summarizing the sermon. So what has he been talking about? He's saying, have you entered into the narrow gate? That's one of his sayings. Or are you going the broad road? You could hear that, but unless you say, I need to get off of this road I'm on. It's leading me to hell. And I need Jesus Christ who will lead me to life. Or are you aware of the false prophets? There's a lot of false teaching around. We need to know the truth. The truth will set us free from the error. And so we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves and beware of the false prophets. Jesus talked about in this sermon, be anxious for nothing. Are you all worried about things and not seeking first the kingdom of God because you're so worried about, oh, i I got to figure out what I'm going to wear and, I, and eat and where I'm going to live so I don't have time for God. You're worried. And you're not seeking first the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus was talking about. Seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And how about when Jesus talked about take the beam out of your own eye before you just try to take the little peas out of other people's eyes all around you. That's what Jesus is saying here. We are developing character in our lives. What kind of character? Are you wise? Now, so we said the difference between the the wise man and the fool is the fool doesn't do it. He could come to Jesus. Think of that. He could hear. But if he doesn't do, he's not wise, right? Who's like that in the Bible? What's an example of that? The rich young ruler. The rich young ruler came to Jesus. He said, Lord, what good thing can I do to have eternal life? And they had that conversation. He says, hey, I'm a pretty good guy. I did all that. Jesus says, okay, you think you're so good? Prove it! <laughs> give, give all your, your, your wealth to the poor and come follow Me! <clears throat> and that rich young ruler was not willing to do what Jesus said. He was a fool. He was ultimately a fool at that point in his life. So fools may come to Jesus, even hear His Word, but they do not do it. They're self-satisfied. They're stubborn or, or scornful. Or they, they believe their way is right and they, they're not going to budge from what they think they should have. The, it's my right to do this. We have to say, Lord, whatever you want me to do. Remember when, when Paul, the apostle, was saved? The, one of the first words out of his mouth after, when he believed in Jesus? Remember what it was? It was, Lord, What wouldst thou have me to do? Because he believed in the Lord and now he needed to live out that faith. So you are building character into your life. Not only are you building character into your life, but secondly, you are building into your life some kind of foundation. You are building on some foundation. Whether you know it or not. So I ask you, What is the foundation upon which you're building? And according to what Jesus says here, look at Matthew chapter 7, and you know this, if you're wise, you're building on the foundation that is called what? What's the last word of verse 24? It's a a rock. If you're foolish, you're building on the last word of verse 26. Sand. But now go to Luke chapter 6, and it's interesting how Luke puts it, and here, one is founded upon a rock, but the fool who's not building on a rock, his foundation is called not sand, but what does it say in verse 49? He was actually what? What does it say in verse 49? Without a foundation. He So, if if you're building on the sand, guess what? You don't have a foundation. So, what kind of a foundation are you building your life upon? Again, it's either or. There's not a lot of choices here. (laughs) I mean, in a way, there's a thousand choices. Or there's Jesus. And the thousand choices will lead you to be to build a character of foolishness and will lead you not to have a foundation. No foundation. A foundation of sand. Or if it's Jesus, you will build the character of wisdom and you will, be, you will have a foundation that is solid. Solid! Solid! You know, people's lives are so unsolid. So, so weak and flimsy, and they're always falling and and always failing and always uh, uh, almost on the edge of like, I give up, <laughs> I quit, I quit everything, I quit my job, I quit my marriage, I quit church, I quit God. No, you're, you've got to build on the foundation so you're 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 sure, you're steady, you're you're not just moved with every wind of doctrine. All of us are building on a foundation of some kind. And these two men actually had a lot in common when you think about it, don't they? They both believed they needed to build something to live.